1: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team. every day. day, day, day.
0: We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. Yeah, I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him.
2: Well, (laughs) I never really liked Chris. Really, anybody at the media... At all. Everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. but but, No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. What's going on,
0: guys? It is the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 125 already. How about that, huh? I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. As we come to you and get you ready for the Houston Texans coming in, winners of six in a row to FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. And uh, as we did earlier this week with our pal Kevin Sheehan, uh, one of the things that we're going to try and do more and more of on this podcast is bring you the guys that I really enjoy talking to and that I've worked with and that I've gotten to know uh, that are not only good uh, really good radio people, but more importantly, good people, and have excellent perspective and opinions, and I really like and enjoy doing radio with, uh, because that's essentially what a podcast is, right? It's a radio show, just in a podcast form. And one of those guys is my pal Greg Burton, who hosts Afternoon Drive uh, on Hardly Working on ESPN uh, Richmond, on a couple of different stations there, which we're going to let him tell you the frequencies of, because quite honestly, I get confused. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Craig is with us now on the Locked on Redskins podcast. How are you, pal?
3: It is an honor to be on with the rooster.
0: No, it is my pleasure <laughs> to have you on. And again, uh, here's your Twitter handle. I know that at hardly working 950 without the G at hardly working 950. I know that I know your name, (laughs) but I have no idea because you guys are on a thousand different stations in the Richmond area. So if any Redskins fan is driving around the Commonwealth and the capital of the Commonwealth and coming down to training camp or just in the Richmond area, how can they hear the great, great Greg Burton?
3: (laughs) We're on at uh, 99.5 FM, Mm -hmm. 102.7 FM, and 9.50 AM. And then, of course, streaming at ESPNRichmond.com. All
0: right. 99.5, 102.7, and I knew about 9.50 AM. I just didn't know if you wanted to promote that. Yeah, you get the whole idea. And ESPN Richmond. Okay, now we got it uh, all covered. All right, so let's get to it. because we're going to keep you for two segments, I didn't tell you that before we started this. So uh, I, I don't want to waste any time. Um, y- your assessment... From your vantage point, uh, as a guy who has been around this organization for what the last uh, six years ish now, uh, every year training camp you ca- you know you you watch this team, you talk about this team on a daily basis on your radio show. It's all consuming. It hasn't always been fun. It hasn't always been good. But at six and three, Greg, they are what they are. Are they good? Are they not so good? How do you read it?
3: You know, I think they're. Uh, better than average, right? I think they're an above-average football team, and I think they're probably lumped in with a good chunk of other teams. Like, we know in the NFC there are two clear-cut, really good teams, and the Rams and the Saints. And then I think there's a really big drop-off. And I think, this, I think the Skins are with about four other teams in that next level. When we get the Skins best, and when the Skins are, well, they're never going to be at full strength now, but when they will at least have a good chunk of, of their main players. Now they've been dealing with injuries and heck, we're going to talk about a Texans team. Mm that has been dealing with injury. I think they had like five starters out and they're getting some back, including Jonathan Joseph. But I think the skins are in that like second tier of NFC teams that when they are playing their best, I mean, their defense has been really, really consistent. And when the offense can move the football and Alex Smith can throw for more than 178 yards, You know, I think that they're in that next tier of teams. And I think this game coming up Sunday is sort of another one of those, like, marker games. Like, they're at home against a team that's won six in a row, but I don't know how good the Texans are because none of those six teams have a winning record.
0: Right. And when you say the next tier of teams, I mean like, would you put them over Carolina just because they beat Carolina, or do you think that was more like of an anomaly? Because clearly, as you mentioned, they're not better than the Saints. They're not better than the Rams, but you'd have to say that they're better than the Cowboys, right, because they're not only better record-wise, yeah. but they beat them head-to-head right now, even though they haven't played the Eagles. You'd have to, again, say they're better than the Eagles, and uh, are they better are they than better than the Bears? Are they y- better than the Vikings? Yeah, uh, well, we I don't know if they're better they're right. than the Bears, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess they are right
3: in that, but I think that's a lu- that's that lump of teams, right? Like, let's just cut to the chase. Don't yeah. we all want to see the Vikings and the Redskins yes. in the playoffs? Yes, 100%. let's cut, let's cut to that 100%. chase. Hundred <laughs> percent, we want to see that. Hundred percent, we want to see that. Like, that's all I'm rooting for. Right. Is Kirk Cousins in D.C. preferably playing the Reds. Yes, teams.
0: and Adrian Peterson, that's, by the way, against his former team as well.
3: That's another great story. But I think that because I'm not sure, like. I've been following the Bears a little bit because their new head coach, mm-hmm. Matt Nagy, is a guy that I've known. He went to the University of Delaware, which is my alma mater. Sure. So, like, I've followed them a little bit. I think they are certainly exceeded some expectations, but, you know, they've had a couple missteps. We know that the Vikings are sort of flawed. I mean, the Panthers, I think, again, another one of those teams, when you get their A game, gosh, they look really good. But they haven't been able to put their A game out there consistently. So I think the Redskins sort of fall into that grouping of teams. And, you know, I guess it goes back to that old Any Given Sunday. And, and also, who's healthy and who isn't? Isn't that the old Marty Schottenheimer thing? Like, tell me who's going to win. Well, tell me who's going to be healthy. And that's kind of what it goes back to.
0: No doubt about it. Greg Burton is our special guest here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, make sure you follow him at Hardly Working 950. Just drop off the G, uh, Hardly Working 950 on Twitter. uh, And listen to him in the Richmond area. Again, ESPNrichmond.com as well. 99.5, 1027 FM and 950 on the AM dial. This afternoon drive also works at VCU. Uh, He's just a man about town. He owns, (laughs) he owns <laughs> the city of Richmond. He is the mayor, baby. Um, all right, so let's get let, let's get to this. Alex Smith. You mentioned, you know, we we know he's struggled for to put up big numbers, sub two hundred yards in these last four wins. As a Matter of fact, I think Ben Sandik had this number. He's been at one seventy eight in the last three wins, uh, and again had over three hundred in the loss to the Falcons. Do you think Alex Smith is close, or do you think he's really far away?
3: Well wow, that's a good way to put it. Um, I don't think he's far away. I don't i so I guess then I'm saying he's close mm-hmm. um, I think that, and we've heard I've probably heard a lot of the same frustration from the loyal Redskins fans down here in central Virginia that you probably hear as well that it's almost like they feel like they got duped with Alex Smith a little bit mm-hmm. because all, you know, all of the talking points when they made this trade, right? Oh, he's a much better version than Kirk Cousins, and he's so accurate, and he's, he's not going to make mistakes. Now, he hasn't really made mistakes, which is good. I don't really feel like maybe except for one of the lots he's lost them a game, and he hasn't made any critical mistakes. But I, just, I think we all expected more, maybe not 300, 350 yards, but I think we just expected more. Uh, knowing the weapons he had. Now, some of those weapons haven't been available. But I guess I'd say he's close, and I keep waiting for them to bust out. I know everybody wants to see a little bit more of this vertical passing game. They want to see him throw downfield, but maybe that's just not who they are right now. And as long as they're not making mistakes, um, you know, I think that that's at least something in his favor, not making any critical mistakes, Obviously, when they've had the Adrian Peterson in the running game to fall back on, you don't need him to do as much. So um, I, I guess I'd say he's probably close, but, I, I, you know, I've, I've said that for like the last three weeks. Right, we right. haven't really seen him. We haven't really seen him take that next. I can't, and it's a funny. We're putting it all on him. Right? Yeah, no, no. Well, no you're no, right. Yeah, we're putting it all on him. I mean, obviously, look at that line. That he had to play by, and, and they did a great job protecting him for the most part last week. It well, like let, me a-
0: for his life. let me ask you this: How much do you value uh, you personally, or how much do you think it is important his leadership, the stability, and kind of the the just steadying hand that I don't know, I don't think uh, that Kirk Cousins always brought to this franchise. How important do you think that is?
3: Very, very. And it seems to me he's very well respected in the huddle and on the practice field and in the locker room. And I think that's invaluable. I don't think you can put a price tag on it because here's the thing. We're not hearing about it. So that's a good thing Mm -hmm. because I feel like last year and the last few years, we've heard about it, at least grumbling. I don't think it's even a talking point or an issue. Even when they, you know, really sort of crap the bet against the Falcons, Like like, yes, they don't, you know, they didn't like his execution, but nobody's questioning his work ethic, his motivation, his leadership is like, no, but that's not a narrative or a talking point. So I do think it's super important. I think the Redskins probably for the first time in a while, it seems like they've got strong leadership on both sides of the ball. They got plenty on defense, right? Mm -hmm. They got plenty of guys that have swag and leadership, whether it's you know, whether it's DJ Swearinger, whether it's Ryan Kerrigan or whether it's, you know, even Jonathan Allen, my gosh, I love hearing him talk every single time. You know, win or lose, it just seems like he has the you know, the the situation in perfect perspective. But Smith is certainly providing that on the uh on the, on the offensive end.
0: Greg Burton is our special guest. You can hear him afternoon drive down in Richmond on ESPN Richmond. Again, a couple of different frequencies on the FM uh, side 99 on the AM side 90, uh, 950 AM, and as well ESPN Richmond.com uh, as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Hardly Working 950. More with Greg in just a flash here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. This is episode number 125. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading us. Thanks for telling a friend Uh, the Redskins getting ready for the Houston Texans this Sunday.
3: All
0: right, guys, welcome back. It is episode, again, number 125 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. Our special guest is my pal Greg Burton, who, again, you can follow at Hardly work and 950. Listen to him on ESPN Richmond in The capital of the Commonwealth, the great state of Virginia, the great Commonwealth of Virginia, where the Redskins host training camp uh, on, again, uh, ESPN Richmond 99.5 on the FM dial 1027 FM as well, 950 on the AM side. And Greg is with us now for part two of our conversation here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. All right, so Greg, the Redskins unit that has been most instrumental to their success in your estimation has been...
3: I'll go D-line. I'll go D-line because I think they set the tone for the whole defense. Like, I think it'd be easy to sort of maybe single out, you know, the Swearinger-led secondary. I think they're getting solid play from the linebackers. But, like, on the defense, which to me has been the star, um, I think you have to start with the D-line. It probably starts with Jonathan Allen, who I just think is becoming such a leader mm-hmm. and really sort of, I think, embodies the attitude on that defense. Payne, of course, as a rookie, has been sensational. Um, yeah, I just I think that D line has set the tone and I think when they're at their best and they're executing and they're and, and just getting pressure and just clogging up clogging up gaps, I think they make that whole defense better. I'd I'd have to say the the D line. The other star has obviously been you know, the, the production they've gotten from uh Adrian Peterson and so I think without question the O line's part of that. Even seeing what the O line did last week, you know, with the three guys, you know, three reserves in and Morgan Moses playing on one leg. It's been impressive, but um, certainly the D-line I'd have to give the the nod to.
0: What if I said, uh, if we're just talking about the big-picture units, meaning offense, defense, special teams, and say, if you want to even throw in the coaching as a unit, and if I said special teams, would you have a problem with that?
3: No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, because that's been such an issue the the last several years, right? Yeah, exactly. Whether it's the return game, whether it's giving up big chunks of yardage, Uh, on kickoff or punt. Uh, No, I think that actually is a great observation. And I think it's something that, like, it's not always sexy to talk about until it screws up. We only ever really talk about, you know, George Welsh the old UVA coach who when I first moved here to Richmond, George Welsh was the coach and I'll never forget one day we came in and I can't remember, maybe they're getting ready to play Virginia Tech or somebody and George Welsh just said, How come nobody ever wants to talk about the kicking game? <laughs> How come nobody ever asked about the kicking game. And I just it was funny at the time, but I've always remembered that because here's this grizzled old coach who's who's gotten ready for a million games and he's like yeah. That's important. You win and lose games because of the kicking game. I agree. Game. And I just I always just I always just remember that. I always thought that was so great.
0: I'm a dummy because I focus on the special teams all the time. You know that about me. Uh, it's so important. As a matter of fact, I think the first summer that we met each other, Keith Burns was running the Redskins special teams. Yeah. Unit. It was such a yeah. disaster. After my, guy like a Danny S- yeah, after my guy Danny Smith went to the Steelers. Uh, Greg Burton is our special guest. Uh, all right, so big picture now. Uh, and this is a tough one. The Redskins players have have, have certainly made – uh, some loud statements, some via social media, some uh, speaking after Tampa, Bay, the Tampa Bay win, Josh Norman, the loudest, DJ Swearinger on my radio station, 106.7, The Fan in Washington, D.C. On Monday, Chris Thompson to reporters in the locker room about the fan support or the lack thereof. Adrian Peterson went out, put together a very nice tweet, a polite tweet, an encouraging tweet, I thought. Handled it right. Right you've seen a gradual decline in Redskins training camp attendance. Clearly, you see the empty seats at FedEx Field. You talk to fans. You 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 know the kind of, I guess, temperature. How do you read all of this?
3: So I think folks want it to be like one very neat, tidy answer, and it never is. It's exactly. usually a confluence of things. And to, But to me, you have to start – Ten years ago, in 2008, the, the economy bottomed out, and I think that drastically changed the consumption habits of all sports fans with the way they consume live sporting events. Like even here in Richmond, like I know you're a NASCAR fan. We used to get hundred thousand people mm-hmm. here at Richmond. That now they can get they get less than forty. This is a gr-
0: are, this is a great point, by the way. Go ahead. Sorry. I,
3: th- I think they are getting, I think people are going to less games. Period. The at-home experience is better. We started buying big screen kits. So I think that sort of factors into it. That 10-year snapshot also coincides with a pretty you know, inferior product on the field from the Washington Redskins, for the most part. So A, now it's, not, it's expensive to go to games, it's more convenient to stay at home, and the team that I love stinks. And so you, you know, I think that, and, and we know that FedEx Field is nothing, nothing like RFK. Like, nothing. And, I've been, you know, I was lucky enough to go to RFK, even though I wasn't a Skids fan growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand. And I think Redskins fans long for that when that was a true mm-hmm. home field advantage. So I think you kind of put all those things together, and there's a lot of truth into what Josh Norman said and DJ Swearinger and Chris Thompson, everybody else sort of, you know, validated. It's just that we don't want to hear that. Like, you cannot equate attendance to loyalty or attendance to interest or attendance to passion. Okay, Redskins fans are some of the most passionate and loyal in any sport. But you can't just say, "Well, because they're not going to games or they're not vocal at games, they don't care." I don't I don't buy that equation not in 2018 anymore. The fact remains is that Fans are going to away games because it's like a vacation. Who doesn't want to go to Tampa, New Orleans, and would you see all the Redskins fans that go to Nashville in December? Oh yeah, because it's a fun, it's a fun city. Even though and it's gonna even they, though
0: it's gonna be cold, you're absolutely correct. You're a, that's you're how absolutely
3: they spend correct. Their money. I think they spend their money on going to. Okay, now that doesn't mean there aren't thousands of Richmonders and Mm -hmm. Central Virginians that are driving up every single Sunday to FedEx Field and Mm -hmm. screaming their lungs out. I actually sat in the stands for the Packers-Redskins game because I went with a Packers fan. I was stunned at how many Packers fans there were. But then the guys sitting in front of us were from Richmond Mm -hmm. and just talk about what they do every week. So I get it. I mean, Josh Norman has zero filter. He could have sent it a little bit more artfully and tactfully, but that's just not the way he operates. You already know that. Um, what Peterson did was a little bit more probably classy, but nobody likes to hear, you know, that they're not they're not loyal or they're not they're you're not helping us, you're not helping the team. I mean, nobody wants to hear that. So there's truth in what they said. There's a lot of truth in what they said, but I mean, I think it's also just part of the dynamic in 2018. I think a lot more Tampa Bay. Did you see like that atmosphere was terrible down mm-hmm. there in Tampa Bay? Like their fans aren't going because if you live in Tampa Bay, you're going to the beach.
0: And yet, it's a great stadium, and it's a fun place to go. And the product outside of the twenties is
3: really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Inside the
0: twenties, they throw up all over themselves.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but I think a lot of stadiums yeah. are like that. No, like, you're right. We had a discussion. I know we're tight on time. We had a, like, what's the best home field advantage in the NFL? Oof. Is it Kansas City? Is it I New think Orleans? It,
0: I, or- I, I think it's well. I think it's still Kansas City, but I could be yeah. wrong on that. I mean, I mean, I've never been to Arrowhead, but I've watched a ton of games on TV at Arrowhead, and it's not—they lose every playoff game there,
3: and it's all red. Yeah, like it's all red.
0: Yeah, like, you feel but like they you lose know, every playoff and- game there.
3: You know, so
0: I mean, is it that great of a home field advantage? I don't know.
3: Yeah, great. Yeah, so I just, I just think it's different now. But like, nothing—the—the the, the, winning solves everything. Yeah. Like, if the Redskins right now were, you know. Eight and one, let me tell you what, that place would be jumping and full of burgundy and gold, and nobody would be giving their tickets away to. Texans fans or Packers fans or Eagles fans.
0: Good point. Uh, it is great to have you on with uh, us here on the Lockdown on Redskins podcast. I'm glad we had a little extended time to chat and get into some deeper issues. I want to wish you and your family and all of your listeners and everybody down in uh, the great city of Richmond, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we will do this again shortly, my friend. Uh, you know I value you and my life, and I always appreciate uh, getting an opportunity to see you and talk to you.
3: Thank you, buddy. You do a great job, man. Happy Thanksgiving to yours, and uh, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All
0: right, that's Greg Burton, again, ESPN Richmond, here with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 125. We'll come on back, finish it up with some injury updates from head coach Jay Gruden. Next.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. All
0: right, guys, we are back to wrap up this episode, episode number 125 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. But we're not going lightly. No, 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 no. I was at Redskins Park on Wednesday afternoon as the Redskins officially began on field preparations for the Houston Texans this Sunday at one o'clock at FedEx Field, a huge matchup between uh, two six and three teams. Of course, the Texans on a six game winning streak and off their bye. The Redskins doing it a little bit of a different way. Um, but uh, again, both teams are six and three, and you are what you are. Head coach Jay Gruden meeting with the media and updating us on the early injury report, and it's not good for the Washington Redskins.
2: All right, did not participate were Crowder, uh, ankle, Dunbar, shin. Thompson rib, Williams thumb, Nicholson illness, Hopkins groin, limited were Moses knee, and second ankle, Peterson shoulder, pain shoulder, and everybody else is full. Jay, of the uh, the guys that did not participate, is there anybody that you know, Crowder, Thompson, Trent, Trent of those guys that is going to be out Sunday? That we know for sure, uh, Trent be out. That's for sure. Thompson, pretty good chance.
3: Uh, yes.
1: When did Hopkins, uh, I guess, aggravate that groin and how do you have a feel of how serious that is? I know you uh, he's got a strain. Off. He
2: uh, aggravated, he just said he felt a little tightness uh, pregame up, and as the game went on, it got a little tighter, uh, but he's going to kick on Friday. We'll know more on Friday.
0: All right, so that's head coach Jay Gruden. After Wednesday's practice, and we'll have more updates for you available throughout the week and as well on Twitter, at Wrestlemania621 and LockedOnNFLNet, at LockedOnNFLNet. While I was also bumping around Redskins Park on Wednesday afternoon, got a chance to catch up with NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, and a damn good punter, and a really good interview, and a good dude, too. Tressway, it was great to catch up with him and get to talk to him. And here is my one-on-one interview with Redskins punter Tressway. All right, with uh, Tressway, the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. How about that? I mean, what was your reaction? I mean, I I know you've you've been rocking it the last six weeks, whatever it is. When you finally got word that you won that award...
2: I know your life hasn't changed much, but that's cool recognition. Yeah, you know what's funny is that I could probably give you, I bet I could give you 25 guesses as to who was the first person to tell me and you would never guess it because Nick and I, before we go and work out every day, we do a best of three series of ping pong to get the blood flowing then go in and hit the weight room. And Trent Williams is walking by and he goes, hey. And he points up to the TV and he goes, hey, trust Way, it's best team's player of the week. I go, are you serious? And we look up, and Nick goes, "Well, how about that?" So Trent Williams is one who broke me the news. So I was pretty fired up. That just such a cool honor. I mean, golly, you know, on in our conference, I just so so many dudes can play ball, and uh, we just our, our unit had a really really good day, and I, I'm pumped that that I got an award for it like that's really cool you know they
0: sometimes it's uh, like
2: um, i don't know like uh,
0: oklahoma on oklahoma crime this is oklahoma on oklahoma love right that's right <laughs> man absolutely 100 <100%. laughs> how about that um so for you i mean obviously everybody knows how talented you are and always have been what what is, you know i've talked with you i've talked with ben over the years about you know controlling i guess some uh, you know and jay compared it to you you know uh, playing the masters and yeah. kind of drawing the nine iron yeah. what has been the ultimate thing for you yeah. that has allowed you to have this kind of success?
2: Yeah, the uh, uh, you, said it, you said it best, you know, talking with Ben and talking with Jay. Believe it or not, uh, the golf analogy is great. I've just tried to add a whole bunch of clubs to the bag every year. Just add a couple, being able to do different things, different situation, different wins, different spots on the field. And then uh, a huge testament to Coach Ben uh, uh, staying with me this offseason of what I I had kind of told him I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I knew that I had, to, I had the leg to do some of the things that we wanted to do. I call it chess versus checkers. Um, you know, different things of, hey, we're faking punting this way, and I pull it hard across my body, or we just stick with that direction and, and bomb it with some hang time, or have guys, we've been changing in personnel, having guys fly down, like Chesson and Alexander and Danny Johnson. I mean, these guys are flying down the field, and so it's just been, it's been cool to see. It's 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 fun to I mean, you go out there however many times a game. You don't know how many times it's going to happen. So, whenever you go out there that one moment and you make a play to change the game, that's just such a cool feeling. So, we've been fired up.
0: And you mentioned your kicking mechanics and obviously your experience and all the work that you've put in uh, you, Nick, uh, obviously Coach Kadwika and the whole staff. But also the coverage has been a, a lot better this year. And and that all works in conjunction, which allows your net average to, I think, it's seventh or eighth in the
2: league. Oh, how great. Yeah, I honestly, uh, my wife and I probably five or six weeks ago, uh, we were in the kitchen and she said, you know, I've never heard you talk this much about numbers. Why don't you just go play and and try and make big plays and have fun. And I I thought about it and I'm like, you know, just in my fifth season, uh, I just was so competitive that I wanted to be one of the top guys that I was doing the math in the middle of the game. I was trying to think, okay, our nets, this, what's that, you know? And so instead of just going out and playing ball. And so it it adds this real, it just adds this fun aspect to it where Nick and I get fired up and dude, our coverage has been unreal. Uh, You know, and Coach Ben really pressed on me this offseason. If we're able to do a few things, and he pushed me, it was things that I was not comfortable doing. Uh, and, and he pressed on me and said, dude, if we can do this, it's going to be a game changer. And I think you're seeing some of it come to fruition. And it doesn't happen exactly how we want every time. I'll catch one off the side of the foot or pull one a little harder out of bounds than I want. But it's cool to see these guys that have my back, even if I don't put the amount of hang time I really want on it, those dudes are smacking them in the face. And so it's really it's fun to be a part of, man.
0: Uh, one last one for you with uh, Tress Way, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week uh, here at Redskins Park. Um, you've been here since, I think, 2014, which was my last year on the beat. So, yeah, you got here midway through that preseason. Coach got week, obviously. That was his first year. Nick's been here forever. Yeah. He's like a senior citizen yeah. around here. And Hop came in early in 2015. How much does that chemistry and just that, that – you know, I guess uh, chemistry yeah. and that knowledge of each other, just and especially you, Nick, and I guess Ben. Yeah. You know, for what you do, yeah. really kind of help you.
2: Yeah, you know, the biggest thing I think that we've been together, uh, all four of us, including me, Ben, uh, Nick, and Hop. It's our fourth year together, but you know, me, Ben, and Nick for five years. You're working with friends. You know, you, know, you come in and a lot of guys you're bouncing around. You're trying to get on a team. And you're just trying to crack it and play well. But whenever you're playing with guys that you've been around week in and week out, I mean, you're playing with your buds. And so it's just this trust factor. Uh, it's this expectancy factor. Uh, I know the tendencies. We know the tendencies. We know how each other ticks. Uh, and so that that's really underrated, man. That, that that chemistry side of it, that 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 side of it, especially with special teams, is really underrated with the battery. And so it's been cool to be a part of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love playing for the skins. I hope the skins want me to play for a long time. I love playing with Hop and Nick and Coach. And so uh, if we could keep a good thing going, it'd be fun just to affect games the way that we have. Have. So. Yeah, well, congratulations,
0: man. You guys are kicking it. You know, I mean, I just as a football purist, I love special teams. And, you know, I mean, you can really see the difference between the special teams this year yeah. compared to years past. Not yeah. that, you know, no. years past you. you guys weren't yeah. trying, but I mean, it's a noticeable impact thanks. and it's really helping this yeah. team out. So, congratulations. Thanks a lot, dude. Right. That's Tress Way with us here at Redskins Park. Thanks, buddy. Good to see Appreciate you, man. You. Good to see you. All right. Thanks to Tress Way, who's done a great job here, of course, especially over the last six or so games for the Washington Redskins. That's going to do it for us here today on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks, as always, for being with us. This is episode number 125. We'll be back with 126 to wrap up the week coming up tomorrow, including our Sunday six-pack and our fantasy freebies and, as well, our Eye on the Enemy feature. That's all coming up on the next edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Until then, adios. Hey,
1: Prime members.